All right, welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. Today, we have our hockey episode. We are joined by Josh Penn. He's the equipment manager for UMass Hockey. Pat, what are you looking at me for? I was going to say, woo! <laughs> I thought I'd said something wrong. I was like, I got his name right, right? We just talked about this. No. Um, so we're joined with Josh Penn of UMass Hockey, national champion UMass Hockey. Um, just less than a month, so you, we can still say you're in, you're in party mode. It's still okay to... To celebrate after a month, you got to move on. But you're still there, so we uh, <laughs> we want to get to know you, get to know your profession. Obviously, Pat and I are both uh, mainly football guys. Worked other sports. Hockey's never been one of them, so we were excited to get get somebody from the profession on. And we had a lot of people reach out via email, Twitter, all that. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we're we're really excited about this one. So, Josh, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got your start, and how you've ended up at UMass. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, not something I would normally do, to be honest. I'm kind of pretty quiet, and my wife's like, you got to go on that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's not spitting chiclets, honey. She's like, I don't care. Go on it. And I'm like, all right. So I this appreciate you guys having up. me on. Just your warm-up <laughs> is Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but uh, how did I get started in this? In college, uh, I've always been a uh, hockey fan i always i never actually played hockey to be honest with you uh i didn't even learn to skate till i was in college but my best friend growing up played hockey I, we played street hockey all the time he'd go to practice like i'd go to the rink and they'd shoot pucks over and i'd run around and collect them at the end of the day come home with like 20 bucks and so whatever i always just been had the hockey bug get to college i played soccer my freshman year and uh I was the third goalie on our Division Three soccer team at Union College, so obviously uh, it wasn't very good. And uh, just figured I probably should find something else to do to occupy my time because soccer wasn't in my future. And we had a Division One hockey team, and there was a couple guys on the team I, I was friendly with, and I said, "Hey, why don't you come out and be our student manager next year? There's two guys going to be seniors, and we're going to need someone down the road." So I went and saw the coach, and uh, before I went home my freshman year, and he said, come on down. And uh, when I got back to school, I went on down, and that was it. And I, I, I've literally been doing this ever since. So that was 1995. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. Went from there to the East Coast Hockey League to uh, IHL, the American Hockey League. NHL now at UMass, so it was uh, it's it's been it's been fun. Yeah, so you, so you do have you know a pretty good amount of you know at least minor league experience, obviously before you came back to the college levels. What for you has kind of been that the biggest difference? Um, kind of bouncing back and forth. I know like some people have you know like it's essentially kind of like your farm leagues for um, for the for the NHL. Uh, the, the minor leagues and you meet some some great players and there's some guys that are lifers there so uh, you know it's it's a different it's a different thing it's a different beast working in in the minor leagues because those schedules are crazy those guys are traveling around and half the time they're just on buses going from place to place so what have you noticed has kind of been the biggest difference with them? oh yeah well i mean the biggest difference in in college like college these kids get treated in college just as well as they get treated in the american hockey league if not better the only place you're going to treat it better is if you play in the NHL. Mm -hmm. 
So like when I worked in the East Coast League, you know, we're on buses, 14 hour bus rides, you know, from Southern Florida. We were, I worked for Team Southern Florida. We were playing teams in Arkansas. You know, you go up around the Panhandle, like Mobile, Alabama, uh, Biloxi, where were we? Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. Like there was, it was, there was some crazy, crazy bus rides. But uh, yeah, just the level of just professionalism is, you know, college to the, you know, NHL is the word no doesn't exist. Like I want a new stick. Okay. I want a new stick every game. Okay. I want two new sticks. Okay. Like it just, it doesn't exist. Like those guys, it's a different level. Whereas college, these guys are still kids, you know, and I'll be a little bit harder on them. Hey, I need a, I need a new stick. All right. Well, is that one broken? Well, no, but it's good. And I'm like, when I look, see when I gave him a stick. Okay, I gave you a stick three weeks ago. Okay, here you got. You could get a new stick. <laughs> but uh, you know, so well, these things don't grow on trees. We got to, we got a budget to. Yeah, to I mean, you're you're to. within a budget, and you know, for for what it is, equipment, hockey equipment is not cheap, right? It is, it is. No, it's definitely not cheap. Quite the expenditure and quite the budget line for for putting a hockey team out on, on the ice. So it makes sense. And in, in for when you think about the guys that are on the, you know, at the professional level, you see the kind of that walkway towards back towards the, to the locker room. You just see like this row of sticks where like each guy has like four or five out there just to be just in case type thing. So yeah, that's, that's not necessarily feasible at the collegiate level. No, our guys, we, we have the same thing, you know, like we, we take care of the guys. It's, it's just such a different scale because they play 80 games. You know, we only play 36 games. Like, they play 82 games plus playoffs. So even if I budget, and I don't budget, I mean, there's teams out there. You know, you get some of these Big Ten teams. It's it's like college football. The Power Five schools and, and the other schools are Power Five. Like, I'm sure there's a huge disparity in there. How many cleats the guys get? Or, you know, some of these teams have five different helmets and some of them have two different helmets. So, you know, you get to the, you know, some of these big 10 schools, I know the guys like they order three dozen sticks right off the hop. Like I, I, if I get a guy that goes through three dozen through the year, maybe there's one guy, maybe. So it's just a different, everyone's just got a different way to do things. Yeah. But we take care of the kid. You know, my guys, they always have three or four sticks on their rack. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't want for, for something. You just know, like, no, not exactly. Like and you got, so I got some kids, I got a bag, like, Hey, you only got two sticks. Can you please, can you please cut like they're too lazy to tape it up or cut <laughs> it down? And I'm just like, Oh man, you know, and then you get to the game and they got, I like them to have two extra ones on the bench. Cause some, some benches you can't access like our home bench. You can't access off the bench. You have to go on the ice. You know, this year with COVID, they took the glass out and there was no one in the arena, so you, you could. But in, in normal times, like, you can't access the tunnel of your locker room. Like, you have to wait, you know, for between periods. So it's kind of, you know, or you find your student to kind of, hey, go get me a stick for, for this guy. And he's, like, walking through the crowd with a with the stick because <laughs> the guy only brought out one stick and you want to have an extra one. So, you know, it's it's... it's and the kids are, they're fun. You know, there's still, there's no egos. You can kind of mold them. You can kind of, you know, and having been at different levels of hockey, like the kids appreciate that. And they, you know, they respect you. If you respect the kids and I, you know, I, I res- respect all of them. I treat them, I try to, I treat them all fairly. Let's, let's, 
put it that way. You know, if, if you, you show respect to me, like I'm going to show respect to you and we're all going to get along great. So, yeah, that definitely carries over for, for other sports as well. I mean, student athletes are, are more or less student athletes. You've got different quirks with each team. You know, your, your cross country team is going to be a lot different than your football or hockey team. But at the end of the day, they are all kids and, and it does give you a good feeling to, to be able to take care of them. And, and especially at a high level, like you, like you talk about, but you, you made me, curious as to i think most of our listeners especially me will say what does it cost to outfit a football player and we can run through that in our heads but you talk about hockey equipment being expensive what is what does it cost to outfit for you know obviously you say they have multiple sticks and things but just on the ice at one time the player what what, how much money are they wearing oh well let's see like i i I don't want to give two specifics because teams have contracts with certain teams like we have a contract with bauer Sure. The big big vendor CCM, but I'll give you a ball ballpark figure. You know, let's say let's say a stick costs between a hundred and one hundred fifty, depending on what brand you use, and if you're in your contract or not in your contract. And the skates could be anywhere from about five hundred fifty to eight hundred. You know, then you get into the goalie equipment and the goalie pads. You know, one company the pads could be seventeen hundred dollars. The other company they're a thousand dollars, and you know, the gloves are another three, four hundred dollars each or the helmets, you know, five hundred bucks and it's cost six, seven, eight hundred to get it painted. So, you know, and the steel, like the guys all have we have three three, I came three sets of four sets of steel. I can't even remember what I did this year. That's that's bad that I can't remember. Three sets. We had three <laughs> we had three sets of steel this year. You're just coming off a national championship. It's okay yeah. if you don't remember so, the specifics of everything. So. But yeah, we had three, you know Three sets of steel, so like you know, a set of steel obviously comes with the skates and you buy them. But then, you know, another set of each set of steel is probably about fifty bucks on average. So it, it is, it's a, you know, the helmets, the helmets. Now at retail, if we got into retail, those sticks retail for two hundred eighty, three hundred bucks a stick. Mm-hmm. Skates are over a thousand. Yeah. You know, a pair of gloves is probably two hundred dollars. Uh, helmets two hundred dollars, two fifty. It's it's crazy. It adds. Up. I don't know how people like it, it's. You definitely like need money to play hockey. It's crazy. Yeah, are guys particular about like the pads they wear in terms of like their legs and their their shoulder pads and elbows and whatnot? Some guys are very, and some guys. Nah, can I just get some? You know, like most guys, I try to give them new stuff when they come in as freshmen. You know, especially if there's stuff from junior hockey or or prep school is not great. Mm-hmm. And then you know, say, okay, guys, this is this is big boy hockey here. You need you need some shin pads that are going to protect you, or you need some elbow pads that you're going to protect you. So try to get them stuff as freshmen, and then most most of the time they'll keep it. You know, or you know, ask me for a new pair of elbow pads. Some guys ask me to repair stuff. You know, oh, I like these elbow pads. Can you just put new Velcro on? Or can you tighten the straps? Same thing with their shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Other guys just, yeah, can I just get a new pair of shoulder pads? Can I get a new, it, it's, it's so dependent on the guys. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like almost like a superstition for some of them where mm-hmm. I, I play, I've been playing well in this. <clears throat> I want to stay in this. Is there any way you could just fix the Velcro or whatever it may be? I, I want to keep this particular set. So I understand that. Yeah. It's like Sidney Crosby's jock and you guys could Google that, but I guess he's had the same jock since he's like 15 years old. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird, but yeah. yeah. Dana, Dana Hines in Pittsburgh is, you know, 
probably put more thread into that thing than it originally had. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's hockey. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. I love watching it. I know that obviously at the professional level, there are different things and like simple things like their gloves. Uh, you know, you see, you have like the little like drying racks, Glo- guys, glove dryer, glove glove dryers. Yeah. Like those mm-hmm. are, that's a huge thing. Guys are coming off in between periods and like they're putting stuff on the glove dryer. And at the pros, they probably have six pairs. If they, if they want, they can rotate them. I don't know if you guys have that, but do you got like, are you big on glove dryers and, I would assume at that point, because everybody knows this too, without even really knowing it, but hockey is a stinky sport. I'm, I assume you have some sort of like ozone machine where you're you're running stuff through that at a semi-constant basis or some type of machine to try and air it out. Because if you don't, those locker rooms are probably just rough to walk into. It, it's Yes, it's stinky. All right, let's see. Where do I go? So yeah, we have like our guys... <laughs> Our guys do have multiple pairs if they want them. Some, some, you know, I'll try to tell guys like it's not like the NHL where NHL. I think it's gotten it's crazy where like every five minutes you see a guy running down the hall and he's swapping out clubs because they have these huge glove jars right down the tunnels in all the arenas. Yeah, and you know, so they're just it's it, that's ridiculous. It's but excessive. It's hundred percent it, excessive. It's, it's, yeah. But it's like you know, if they can do it, they do it. It's. Yeah. But no, our guys are pretty good. Like, and I try to tell guys, like, hey, wear this pair the first period, leave your other pair in the locker room, and then put your gloves on the glove dryer after the first period. Wear the other pair off the second period, and just you know, wear the dry pair for the third. No one does it. Like, they just they'll just wear their pair, throw them in the glove dryer, you know. So they're you know they're they're pretty they're pretty low key. Even at the national championship, like that weekend, one of the kids like, oh, I'm gonna bring another pair out to the bench. Okay, you know, be a TV timeout. I'm like, you want your gloves? No, I'm good. <laughs> Buy your gloves? No, I'm good. All right, whatever. So well, I guess you thought it looked it looked better on TV, I guess, than than in, in theory. You just wanted to be uh, important for the day. That's all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I do have an Ozo machine. I probably don't use it as much as I should, to be honest with you. And uh, maybe it was just because of COVID this year, and we were, you know, spraying the gear down. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm just I'm. We got a new locker room this summer. They actually started the construction the day we got back, the day after we got back from Pittsburgh. Awesome. And uh, so I'm hoping with like the heat, because right now I have like fans. I, you know, every night I crank the heat, I put a couple big blowers, fans going. I'm sure it smells terrible to anyone else. I don't notice. <laughs> I don't notice well, it. It's also a smell. It's it, for any player or any coach or people that are in the locker room, like support staff it's something you just get used to. You don't really notice it. So, yeah, no, but it's funny. Cause when our club team or something's having practice in our practice rink, like I can't breathe in there. Like I'm gag, <laughs> I'm gagging. I'm like, Oh my God, it stinks so bad. <laughs> so I, I can appreciate it. I guess maybe it's just cause it's our stuff. I mean, I hope it doesn't smell as bad as the club kids who probably leave it in the trunk of their car instead of drying it out. But uh, yeah, there's always more, there's always more. And I, I think, even with football, they were always looking for that product to, to spray on the stuff that's going to – I don't think there's anything out there that truly, truly works. You just no, but it, it. Yeah, it was it either masks it or it just takes it from a 10 to like a 7. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it just knocks it down a little bit to where it's not so noticeable for you. But yeah. if you're like in the middle of like a COVID season, 
you're spraying and sanitizing everything so often, it's not like you're having to put everything in an ozone machine every single day after practice, yeah. rotating stuff through. No, so I, I, I get that. Next year, I think I'm going to try to get on a better rotation, get some, you know, have more students be able to help and that'll make that a, a nice job for them. Yeah. If you have students on campus at any point, you know. Yeah, that, that kind of helps. <laughs> yeah. So. Makes all of our jobs a little easier. But I think that's um, the first thing I think of is how, well, one, you see all these companies are making new locker rooms now where they're they're trying to figure out how to run air through these lockers and do ventilation so that, that it helps with the smell. But two, you always think about, you know, I worked one year in the NFL. I've worked at some different colleges and there's always those boosters or, you know, big names where it's always, let's take them on a tour of the locker. Room. And the first thing you always think is like, it's clean. That's good. It's clean today. How's it smell? But I'm thinking hockey, such an indoor sport. And with it being as, I mean, you guys are constantly out there. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, I know it's I'm speaking to the choir here, but it's I mean, it's similar to soccer and then it's nonstop action. It's nonstop moving. The game doesn't really stop that much. And there's a lot of sweating so I can and a lot of pads. So I can see where that would smell so bad. I just can't imagine bringing in a bunch of boosters. And luckily you guys tore the locker room up right after. But, hey, come through and see the national champion locker room. And uh, you've got big fans just pumping and God knows what smells out of well, there. You know, the thing that gets me is when they bring recruits in and you know, the mom's with them and she's just like, oh. And it's not usually. She, or it would make me feel good if she's like, oh, it's not that bad in here. And I'm like, all right, good, good. I'm like, that's a win. Yeah, it's like a fist <laughs> pump. Like, yes, one time. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, so, the sport it's a itself. constant battle. Yeah, I mean, the sport itself, like, that's that's part of the beast. That's, that's like you said, it's, it's a battle that you're constantly fighting and I mean, you're never going to win it when it when it's all said and done. I mean, in all reality, it doesn't matter what locker room you walk into, whether it be a a peewee locker room or the, a locker room in the NHL. There is going to be a, a type of odor in there that people who aren't around the sport on a regular basis they, they're going to be like, oh wow, like I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, that's just yeah, that's a, that's a beast you're going to fight and. Yeah, it, but like I, I said, the one thing I will tell you about hockey locker rooms compared to some other rooms, I'm not sure how it is in football, but hockey locker rooms are usually meticulous. Like we go around your helmets in this place. There's, you know, you, if this chin strap's hanging down, you put it up. You want the gloves a certain way. The shin pads are going to be a certain way. Everything is a certain way. It all looks the same. The pants are always on the left, you know, strat. No, like that's, that's something that we're, you know, I pride myself in, you know, and I help, you know, try to instill that in my students and my guys, like our guys are unbelievable. Like we don't have to clean up too much after them. They know, you know, you teach them early and they, they know, Hey, this is how we do it. Even we go on the road for the most part, like they know how to hang their stuff to make it look like it's at home. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. That's big. Cause there's a difference. I mean, there are, there are definitely plenty of guys and, and every equipment manager wants to have a clean locker room. I mean, that's, that's something we want, but there are plenty of sloppy, dirty, just ridiculous, especially at the fo- level of football. I mean, there are guys that just, they have clothes that they got when they were freshmen in their uh, fifth year senior, just buried somewhere in that locker. And so like, like the bench seat, like if they have like a little storage area underway, like it sits up yeah. a little bit because there's just so much just garbage packed in there. So that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And it's just annoying. So it's, it's nice to see, and that is something that 
that I will say, anytime you look at like hockey equipment, Twitter, and if guys are putting pictures out of locker rooms, whether it be home or away, like you said, it is meticulous. There, everything has its place. Everything looks, every locker looks the same, and it's just, it's professional, right? It looks like you're you're at that professional level, and I, I love to see it. And I, you know, like Dana Heinze, you you spoke on him earlier. Yeah, like, he's big about that. Like anytime he's in an away locker room, he's doing everything he can to make it seem like it's his home locker room, and that's really cool to see. Oh yeah, Dana Dana takes it next level. Yeah, he's well, you know, someone someone told me a long time ago when I was working in pro hockey, and you know, I was trying to work my way up to the NHL. Like you never know who's gonna walk through the through the door. And and I'm sure you guys will, like I'll probably realize this, but you don't notice. You know, you don't always notice if the locker room is clean, but you notice if it's messy. If there's shit everywhere, you, you notice it's it's a mess. Yes. You know, if it's clean, you might you might not. You know, you know. Okay. You know, you're not. You might not sit there and go, oh wow, but you're not saying, oh, the place is a disaster. Yeah. So, you're not standing there looking around like, man, I did an awesome job. This is <laughs> yeah. sweet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's definitely not a thought that runs through your head. But when it's a disaster, you're 100 percent realizing yeah. like what ha- like did a tornado run through here? It's like after practice for a football team, it looks like a tornado ran through that bitch. And it is ridiculous. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine when, when Dana, I actually uh, followed Dana. Dana left the uh, Detroit Vipers in the IHL to go to be an assistant with the Tampa Bay lightning. And I, I took it, he called me and I took his job in Detroit. So you talk about, it, he tries to make the home locker room, the visiting locker room looks like the home. He had signs everywhere. <laughs> and we had a trunk with sign. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> so our first, I, I know, I think our first road trip, we were going to Orlando or something. And the guys are like, where are the signs? And I was just like, what? No, we're not doing signs. <laughs> I was I was like a little over my head. So I'm like, I, I, I can't worry about the signs. I'm just trying to keep my head above water here. <laughs> you know, but it was pretty, I think I I brought like the little, I brought a little Vipers clock with a little sticker on <laughs> put up and that was about it. So, but he had signs for everything. And Dana's great. I'm still, I'm still pretty good buddies with him to this day. And he's, he's one of those guys, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you're in the equipment fraternity, like you reach out to him, you need something. He's gonna he's gonna do whatever he can to take care of you. Like he's he's as good as they get. That's awesome. And he's a he's a Pennsylvania. He's a Johnstown guy. He's a John. I was say I'm I'm originally from Johnstown. He oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, he's like a legend there. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a hero of Johnstown because there ain't much that's good that's come out of Johnstown. And uh, Dana Hines, he's one of the few. And the fact that he works for the Pens now, I think, uh, solidifies his legend status within within that small town so yeah he's got a lot of johnstown pride i've heard a lot of, a lot about johnstown <laughs> probably more than anyone needs to know yeah i i'm sure you've even heard of the cambria cambria county war memorial oh so. yeah oh yeah <laughs> absolutely scott as scott sits here and shakes his head he's like my god what did we just get in ourselves into? Like, are they talking chinese what's going on over there? <laughs> I, he's, this is not the first episode he's brought it up if i mean i think if we ever I got to get him on the show. I'm just telling if you. If we ever get him on the show, it's going to be. He would know, do it for long sure. Long. I guarantee he would do it. It's going to be a long pre show because Pat's going to go like starstruck, geek out for, you know, talk, talk Johnstown for God knows how long before we can hit record. But I mean, there's uh, nothing there anymore. They they used to have an ECHL team and they don't even yeah. have a team anymore. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if you had ever gone up with. No, because when I was in the 
East Coast League. Like we just stayed in the South, thank goodness. <laughs> there were some rough, you know, no offense to anyone who's listening, but like the Wheeling, West Virginia's, the Huntington, West Virginia's, Toledo. It's a rough trip, actually, especially from where you guys were. That's yeah. a tough trip. We started my first so my first year, uh I was with the Florida Everblades and they hadn't even the arena wasn't even done. It was gonna be done around Thanksgiving. So we had training camp in Plymouth, Michigan. And I had a I had a budget rental truck, a box truck that I drove up to Michigan and then we started our way down. We went to Dayton, Ohio, played exhibition. I think I got a beard down to my head, first exhibition game. <laughs> Pro hockey. I said, What did I sign up for? That's the only time <laughs> only time it's ever happened to me. But I was like, What did I what have, what did I sign up for? Did I make did I make the right career choice here? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And uh and we were on the road for like 30 straight days. It was, it was insane. I, I was so, you talk about being, I was over my head. Like I was so over my head, but you know what? We had, I was around good people and you kind of figure it out. You fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. Because looking back, like I didn't know anything. I thought I did, you know, being 20, 22 years old, you, you think you know everything, but man, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine just Sorry, that's Ginger. <laughs> hey, Ginger. Ginger just wanted to be heard on the pod. It's okay. Yeah. I can't. We, we talk about doing like football camp and stuff, and I can't imagine doing anything for, for a month. But also in getting – we talk about like setting up locker rooms, and you know that's something a lot of football equipment staffs will pride themselves on is setting a locker room, jerseys on pads. But like you said, it's it's one thing to have it set up, and it would be nice to take pride in it. And it's another thing to you notice when it's when it's messy. So I've gotten to the point where I'll set up a locker room, and then once I walk out of it, that last time after my final check, I don't go back in until after the game because the thing that gets me the most is when the when the team arrives. If I'm set up in the locker room, all I'm going to see is them just go through everything you just did, and it's just a mess within seconds. And I'm like, I can't watch this happen. It, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. It's kind of like a lot of work for they don't yeah. for, you know. The kids, like, you know, some the kids most of the time are like, oh, thanks, thanks. Because yeah. especially in our league, like, we're in a bus, we're a bus, bus league. Yeah. So, you know, we're going into Boston every other weekend. You know, our, our travels, like, it's kind of a joke compared <laughs> to some of these other schools. But, you know, so we'll go in Thursday, practice. And, you know, the odd time that we have to set up the gear for the guys because the guys will just grab their stuff up. But, you know, they are, they're so appreciative and, and thank you. And, but yeah, like, it's, it's not. Uh, They're there for a game, you know. Exactly. They're, they're zoned it. in. It's fun. They look at it. They appreciate it. It's the same thing. It looks nice. Yeah. But the second you don't do it, they would miss it. So the it's. Best, we used to have one guy that used to. Hey, it was a goalie. Go figure. Shocker. Yeah. He used to take his bag because you know you fold the bags. He used to take his bag up. He used to pack his bag back up and then just get dressed out of his bag. It's like, dude, you're crazy. But yeah, there's some uh, there's some different goalies. There's I don't think I don't think a goalie translates to football. Maybe a kicker. I don't know. Goalies are a rare breed. They're just different dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. They're different. I don't know. Dudes. My experience with goalies is Goldberg. So <laughs> oh, we got to get you. We got to get you around hockey, though, Scott. I think you'll. Uh, I once think the bug once the bug bites you, yeah, yeah, you'll. I think you'll be blown away. You got I mean, has got a team now. They, you, I think they added a team on my way out of Jack. I think they have the, it's like the Hitmen or something. I think you said Jacksonville. 
I think so. Yeah, they got a East East Coast League team there. I don't know what they're called, but yeah, they go up one weekend. You've got to go to a pro game, a, a minor league or NHL game. Seriously, it'll it'll change the way you feel about hockey because it is so much fun. It's like I mean, for me, it's like baseball. I can't watch baseball on TV. I've got to mm-hmm. see it in person. Hockey in person, like I'll I'll watch hockey on on TV because it's the only way I can do it. I, I'm not going to a Caps game. I'm never going to go to a Caps game unless they're playing the Pens. I don't like the caps. Um, but if you when you watch a game in person, it's it's just a different atmosphere. It's so much fun. Like you seriously, you're gonna enjoy it no matter what. If you're not a sports fan, you'll still enjoy a hockey game in person. Yeah. And even outside of COVID, like even if you reach out to the equipment guy and told him, Hey, I'm an equipment guy, this is what I do. Can I come hang out and see what it's about? Nine out of ten guys would be like, Yeah, come on down. Come on down, check it out. You know, yeah. get a little behind the scenes look. I would love to do that. Even for like a practice, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is this is how it is." Like, so yeah, then I'll be trying to get my wife to move to like Minnesota and be a hockey guy, and she's she's not gonna be for it. That yeah, no, no. I I just my wife and I keep we can't wait to start. We can't wait to move somewhere warm. I'm done with the cold. (laughs) I moved to Uh, Montana once, and I, I don't think I'll ever get her anywhere outside of the South again. So we won't we won't even try it. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to touch on on Scott seeing Scott on a on a skate sharpener, but I want to take this to a quick break. And when we get back, I do want to talk some some skate sharpening and, and some other you know day to day and and game day type things. But uh, we'll be we'll be right back after this break, guys. All right, everybody, we're back with Josh, and we are talking hockey equipment. Um, we want to get a little bit into kind of your game day stuff and, and maybe some of your responsibilities on game days, whether it be sharpening skates or, you know, home versus away, and a typical day in the life for, for a hockey equipment guy. All right, well, game day, uh, I think every guy does it differently, and I've kind of changed throughout my career, but, like, I sharpen everyone's skates every game unless there's a guy who is really adamant that he doesn't want to skate sharpened and i usually have about one one guy who's just you know what i'll tell you when i want them sharpened but besides that just leave them be i sharpen everyone's skates every game so and in hockey we have a morning skate so say the game's at seven o'clock you know we'll either skate 1030 or 1130 depending if you know if you're at home you skate at 1030 when you're on the road i think you skate it a little later 1130 so i'll ask the guys hey who wants them done before who wants them done after and we kind of just roll with that the whole season and the thing is nowadays like we have three sets of steel with it this the skates all have interchangeable you know with bower skates called the trigger system and i think i'm not sure what it's called in the ccm they have a little spinny thing that you know so you literally pull the trigger, you pull the blade out, you take the fresh one, pop it back in. So to be honest, like I go around and just switch the steel and then I'll sharpen that, that steel is like the backups for the night. So I, I don't even put the, the blades, I don't even sharpen the skates, the blades of the skates in the skates. I have a special, like there's a special holder that this company makes that holds this, the steel. And I just put it in my skate holder to sharpen with. I know your head's probably spinning a little bit, but no, I, so that, that, I mean, that's, so that's, that's like a hell. heck of a lot easier. Oh, oh yeah. 
and now you know we have multiple sets of steel like i have three sets so to be honest like on a game day i don't even have to sharpen them anymore because i already have a, a fresh backup set so but you know i still do it just because that's what you do you know mm-hmm. uh so that's kind of the main thing uh get that done the guys will leave straighten the room up you know it's a big thing making sure the room is straightened up or i'll have my students straighten it up you know we'll get the room vacuumed clean everything up make sure there's fresh tape in the cabinet for the guys make sure the guys if they needed a new stick put the new sticks out if there's any repairs that need to be done but outside of the you know skate sharpener that's that's it get that done just hang the jerseys and uh wait for the boys to show up and get going so and on the road it's even better because you're not you're not doing the laundry at home you're kind of okay you know get the visiting team's laundry and get our laundry and get their laundry back to them get our laundry you know so it's a little bit more more running around but uh it's yeah it's nothing too crazy and then once the game starts to be honest like that's that's like your downtime. I don't know what it's like in, in football or some other sports, but, you know, it's a lot of us sitting around from, like, the guys get to the rink. The guys, it seems like every year they get to the rink earlier and earlier. But, you know, between four, we get guys to show at four for a 7 o'clock game. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and then they're just sitting around, you know, sitting around, mess around, tape their sticks. I don't know what, what some of them do. But... You know, so when you go, especially on the, you know, when you go on the road, we get to the, like, I'll always go early to the arena mm-hmm. on the road. On the road, I'll actually usually stay at the arena all day. I don't go back. I won't go back and, you know, I'll find a place to eat or, you know, get lunch around the rink or depending what city we're in. I'm, I've been around our league enough. I got, I got my spots I like to hit, but kind of just got my, my routine. I just hang out at the rink and just putter around. Yeah, I mean, it's so, like a hurry up and wait almost. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. And then the, you know, and then the, you know, then the guys go out for warm up, and you, you kind of go, you pick up the jersey hangers and put some sweat towels out in the locker room, and that's it. They come back in, you're ready to rock. Usually, a guy you'll need to sharpen a, a set of steel. You know, somebody will say, you know, once and you know, every other game, probably after warm up, okay, I'll, you know, hey, can I? These are a little sharp, or these are I need to get a little. You know, it need to be a little sharper. So we had some guys that are pretty dialed into their skates this year. So it, it makes it it makes a difference. But when the game's going on, that's it. You're just kind of as cruise control. You're just you know, you're just watching. I just watch to see if a guy drops a stick, or you hear that sound like when the you know when the puck. I could even know watching the game. Like I was watching the Rangers Capitals last night, and I, I heard the guy block the shot with a stick, and you could just hear that like that sound. And you see the guy just drop a stick; it's in two pieces. So you just you just know, and you know, it's this kind of during the game. I saw I, I worried about us trying to hand a guy a broken stick, or if the guy needs a seal changed. But that takes two seconds to just pop their steel in and out. Yeah, but so it just seems like kind of your the your two biggest worries during a game are broken stick and or changing out steel. And if you yeah. guys have essentially what. For for anybody who's worked football, essentially like a quick release, uh, you know, you're able to change that out between shifts. You know what I mean? Like, so a guy, 
they're not missing shifts anymore. You're not, you know, taking a skate off of the dude's foot in order right. to, to change that, change out that steel. It's, it's that quick where he just kind of like stands up on the bench, puts his foot back so that you can, you can just access it. And it's just that quick where it's just like a boom, boom thing. So I think that makes your job maybe a little bit easier and, uh, probably a hell of a lot of stress, less stressful. Oh yeah. Like, and I'm not like, honestly, like that part doesn't even worry me. Cause it's so, it is, it's so easy to do. That if the guys just think, man, I need some, okay, just find their steel in my case, walk down, switch them, and they're good to go. And like the same thing, even though I have another set of fully sharp ones, it's just habit. I'll always go to the back and just sharpen them right then. I don't know why I do it. Unless it's like toward the end of the game, you know, in the third period and it's 10 minutes left, I kind of just, then I'll put them in the case. <laughs> I, I, I usually, you know, nine times out of 10, I'll just go to the back and, to sharpen them just just out of, ha- out of habit so just, <laughs> i, got, just to I get gotta it ask you yeah, yeah. i gotta ask you quickly just the first time you ever used a skate sharpener where i mean it is it's a different beast and there are not many equipment managers in the world that know what a skate sharpener is or whenever they see sparks flying you know it's usually a bad thing but for for what you guys do it's it's a whole different thing and was there, is there a learning curve with it? I know for you right now, it's probably kind of second nature. It's almost muscle memory in in terms of whatever player it is that you're that you're working on. You know, each guy likes a a different their skate sharp in a different way. But um, was there like a a, a true difficulty or a, a fear? Oh, yeah. of, I'm gonna cut my hand off if I use this thing the wrong way. No, there's no there's no. I mean, I never had a fear of cutting myself or <laughs> anything like that. But it is. It's it's just a very it, and I'll, it, it's just it's only have to practice. It's a feel type of thing, and everyone does it a little differently. And I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing when I started. You know, someone showed me at some pro shop, and I'm I'm gonna tell you like nine out of ten pro shops you walk into to get your skate sharpened, those guys don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like I, I'm just telling you, they, they think they will, and they'll, they'll tell you they do, but at the end of the day, like. They don't, but you know, but you learn, like you just learn and you ask guys and you, you know, I, I took, there was a course as a company out of uh, Windsor, Ontario called Maximum Edge. And, uh, you know, like I, I took their, their course and I had, I, I should take them a couple of times and, you know, you just, you just, you're always learning. Everything is, and there's guys, there's a couple, there's two main companies, Blade Master and Blackstone. I mean, it's virtually the same machine but there's guys that are blackstone guys there's guys that are blade master guys and you know it's probably similar to football helmets and if you got a ride L or a shot or something like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i don't know like I, I always try to learn i i like to think i'm i'm pretty good at it at this point well, i mean you guys are winning national you know, championships so yeah but you, you know right. what like i think we're working with such high level athletes that I'll tell you that the most important thing is consistency because even if you're consistently bad, you're at least consistent and the guys can adapt because I've seen other teams that, and I'm not going to name the teams, <laughs> but they were good teams and they used to beat our ass and they would beat us. And I'm like, Oh, it made me feel so dejected. I'm like, Oh, I guess the skate sharpening doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's just a kid, you know, but if it's consistent and that's what these, you know, some of these kids like 
guess what? Get off the bus with the best players. You're, you're winning the game most of the time. So if, I try just not to screw it up. But no, I do take pride, and it's more in skate sharpening. Like I, I profile all the skates, so that's like a totally different can of worms. So that means like you, I have a, a machine, and it could put a ton of different shapes onto the blade. Mm. So I'll I'll have with these interchangeable steel. It's been unbelievable. So I'll I'll take whatever size that guy wears, and I'll have five, six, seven different profiles that I've made. And I'll I'll say, okay, when a guy comes in as a freshman, like let's try this. How's this feel? Eh, okay, try this one. Yeah, that feels better. This one feels better. You know, and I know kind of which ones are the the preferred. So I'll work them on it, and and the guys will, you know, okay, I like this one. And so we kind of dial the guys in, so they all really have their own, you know, get that feel. And then you know, I want them to be able to understand how their skates like work and should work, and their blades should yeah. work. And I, you know, there's some guys that. You, it doesn't matter. Like I got a guy who plays in the NHL now and I could sharpen his skates at an inch hollow, which is very shallow at a certain profile, how they feel great. <laughs> I could do them at a, a, a different profile at a three quarter hollow. how they feel great. Like it didn't matter. I could, you know, whatever you did, he, he just, he was good. He wasn't like, and I got other, you know, we have, you know, we had a, you know, Kale McCarr and he was, Precise. He had a feel. Certainly, we have a guy in our team right now, Matt Kessel, and he's a great kid. And he is so dialed into his skates. We'll be. We're at the regional Bridgeport, and in the first period, he's like, "I need you to change my hollow. It's too sharp." Like, you know, and I got three sets of steel that are all exactly the same, <laughs> and I'm running back there, and I'm like, "Okay, I run off the bench, do them, bring them back. How's this? All right, I need a little bit more. A little bit more. Can you do more?" Can you make them less sharp? Okay. You know, and it's, you know, these guys are like dialed in, you know, and then we'll go back home for practice. He's like, okay, I need to go back. Like, and I was losing count. I'm like, which pair of steel is at which hollow? <laughs> oh, but, you, you know, like, you, you know, right, right back at Pittsburgh for the, you know, the frozen four, it's the same thing. Like every arena, the ice is different. You know, that's what the thing with hockey, it's kind of, there's that element to it, you know. And I guess with turf sports, it's different playing on turf or grass. And, but yeah. it, it's really, you know, every guy is so different how dialed in they are. You know, yeah. some guys care more about their stick and the, in the tape on their stick and, and everything that they're doing for that. And some guys are worried more about what their skates are doing. Some guys. Yeah. yeah no, like well, everybody know, has their own little quirk. If you can't skate though, you can't, you can't play. Right. But there's guys that can, have the slightest nick in their skate and they feel it and they can't use it. There's other guys. I'll look at, you know, I, I said like I, ch- I change the guy's steel after every game and I'll, I'll look the next day when I go to sharpen, I'm like, how the heck did they play with this? Like, what were they doing? Were they running around the parking lot? Like things are just destroyed. <laughs> so every guy is just, is just different, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I kind of I try to educate my guys as much as possible so they have an understanding of what I'm trying to do to help them, mm-hmm. and I think it goes a I think it goes a long way. Like I, you know, I've had success with it just in the relationship with the guys, so they understand. You know, this is what I'm trying because, like, when you go to a pro shop, they're nine times out of ten going to sharpen your skates at a half inch hollow, which is like super deep. We don't put anyone at at that hollow. I, I try not to. 
you know, and I'll educate guys, hey, look, I'm going to put a profile on your skate. You're going to have more contact with your blades, you have more contact on the ice. So I can make your hollow reduced because you're going to have more blade contact. So it's going to feel sharper because you're going to have more blade on the ice. And most of the guys will be like, okay, a couple guys stare at me like I'm talking a different language, but <laughs> we, we, we get there and it's, you know, it's good, but it's, it is, it's very, you know, and there'll be, you know, there'll be guys with it that go totally off the chart. Kale McCart had a tiny profile and he was like an inch hollow. It made no sense. The guy is one of the greatest skaters in the world. Like he's elite. I mean, he's one Calder trophy. Like it doesn't make sense, but who am I to tell, tell him that it's working. So, but it's just, it's kind of, you know, he's like the outlier, but most of the time it, it, it works out pretty good. It works out. And then too, like, I mean, you have a guy for four or five years, you really get a feel for him. So they come in as freshmen and you, you kind of get them where they feel comfortable and it, it may deviate a little bit as they, as they progress through it. But for the most part, like you really understand. So by the time these guys are seniors, you're just like, listen, I know exactly what you need. They really don't even need yeah. to say anything to you. You're just, their equipment's ready for them and they're coming in and they're just like, Hey man, appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks. And we'll Thanks do the same. Do. We'll do the same things with, with their skate fitting. Cause a lot of times guys skates are too big. And I like, cause I'm, I'm big on like your skates fitting properly, fitting very snugly to get the best, you know, we had a freshman this year. I think he had a size 10 or 10 and a half skate. He measured for an eight or an eight and a half. Like he was two sizes too big. I'm like, I'm like, dude, when you get these new skates, you're going to be actually able to skate and feel your edges because your foot's not swimming around in there. You might be able to and move then, around a little bit swifter than you, uh, than you used to there. Yeah. And once these guys like get that feel, you know, a lot of them will come, Hey, let's go let's go a quarter size smaller next year. Let's, let's go a quarter size smaller. And they, you know, so they'll start at an eight. And by the time they're a senior, they might be a seven and a quarter. Like they just want to, they get them in there. So they just force it in, but they, it's where yeah. they're feeling. Most no, I mean, you know, we don't want them uncomfortable, but no, but just, I mean like if you have a guy coming in who's, who's saying he's like a 10, 10 and a half and you have yeah. down to an eight, you're just like, listen, like you said, you're, you're swimming in this thing and, Let's get you in something that actually fits and yeah. you're going to be able to move. Like it's going to move with you as opposed to you moving with it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just that trust too. You know, you tell the guys your skate's too big. And they're like, no, I've had this size for the last three years. Just, just trust me. It's, you're going to, and then they like it. And then it's like, okay, we're on to something here. Yeah. Scott experienced so. that with some football cleats. I think this year where yeah. a guy came in and he was like, yeah, we're like a 13, and then he measured his foot, and the kid was like a ten and a half, and he was like, mm. "Yeah, I've had a I've had a football kid tell us. We asked him. He reported his first day of freshman year. This has been years ago. We asked him what sizes he was, and he said he was a uh, said he was a ten and a half. And uh, I said, okay, what about your tennis shoes? Same size or you know, some guys go a half size, whatever. And he said, uh, I'm an eight. <laughs> Two and a half. I was like, I don't think you know what shoe size you're. The kid ended up being a nine. That's funny. It was like, it's the same thing where kids come in with their parents on recruiting trips. Be like, what size shirt are you? And they're like, uh, and they just look at their mom. Yeah. That's my favorite. Hey, mom, what size shirt do I wear? You buy all my clothes. So what size shirt yeah. do I wear? Medium. Well, kid. Yeah. I have all the guys, the 
incoming freshman send me a picture of the insole of their skate so i know because <laughs> you can see if they've been wearing a lot of like the imprint of their toes so i i'm like okay this guy you know i can order him a pair nope this guy gotta wait we gotta fit him up because he's not even close <laughs> so, but and so fun. for your ordering i know we talked a little bit about budgets um <laughs> for your ordering when you're forecasting things are you getting size runs of your incoming freshmen? I know th- there's not as much turnover as you would expect, maybe like on a football team, but y- you know, you're replacing four or five, maybe 10 guys a year. If it comes down to it, if you have like a huge class, but are you, do you have an idea of what's coming in and what you're replacing? Or is it just, Hey, I'm going to order this and then have a certain amount of extra, like as a just in case, like filler. Yeah, space. we got enough. Like I'm not, you know, with like hockey pants, gloves, helmet, and most of the guys wear the same size helmet. Yeah. I, I was 95% of the guys wear a medium helmet. <laughs> you know, I think I got a 10 larges on my shelf and maybe I'd give out one in the past couple of years. And then, you know, same thing with like a small, we had one player back in the day, like, a small didn't fit. I didn't even know the company made an extra small until him. And I'm like, do you guys have an extra small? Like, oh, yeah. I never even seen one. So usually for helmet, medium, we got tons of them. And then pants and gloves, like I have plenty in stock. We keep, you know, it's not ridiculous. I don't, but I try to just, you know, I, I keep. But you've got, I mean, you always have a little bit of extra of oh, yeah, yeah, most yeah. sizes regardless. Yeah. Just, you know, just make sure. Like a, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if there was, uh, you know, coming in, you had your guys and you knew, you know, generally what you're replacing, like with football, like, hey, I'm, I've got to replace three offensive linemen, two linebackers, uh, a couple <laughs> wide receivers. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to need a handful of mediums, some smalls and some three X's. And oh, well, exactly. let me rephrase. I don't buy smalls for football because any football player that wants to wear a small shouldn't be playing football. I'm just saying they really shouldn't. If you're going to play small, you shouldn't be playing football at the collegiate level. Just go be an equipment manager. Yeah, um, I don't wear small either. I just and, and we have some small guys, and I'm just like, yeah. Uh, if you have to wear a small T-shirt, like you shouldn't be being a Division One athlete. athlete. Yeah, like I, I mean, unless you run track, like yeah. I just it's it's tough for me to order. I it was so hard for me to order smalls, and I used to give my guys like some of the guys that would come in. There were, I mean, they were schmediums. They were 100% schmediums. They were kind of that tweener size. They're like, hey, man, can I get a small on this? And I was like, no. Why? Well, you're a collegiate athlete. Like, Small shouldn't be in your vocabulary. I'm sorry. You're grow into it. Get the weight yeah. room. Yeah. yeah, hit the weight room, bud. So eat a sandwich or something, please. Yeah. Um, but so, and then I think. Yeah, so we have plenty. It's the same thing, just on a smaller scale, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously football, say, I don't know what a football turnover is, but this year we have a big turnover. We probably have 12 guys coming. Oh, wow. That's actually kind of a big class for. Yeah. And, you know, well, this new transfer rule has kind of made things a little crazy, too. Is, but, it, is it helping you? Do you do you see it helping you? Uh, right now, because we're having some success, probably. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, the second you're not, the kid's not happy. Like, they could just hit the road. We so, I, I don't know. There's no waiting period anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's just the same. I'll, I'll order the same. Okay. You know, we had so many guys in medium pants leave. Let me order another dozen pair of medium pants. And so, cause there's not, you know, we don't have the big, I don't need to order up the three, four X for some of these guys. Well, if you're in three X, I mean, that's no, well, it's like football, you know, like the lineman stuff. I don't have, you know, like if I have a big guy, he's maybe like six, three and he's wearing an extra large. Like I order like five extra large t-shirts a year. 
like it's not <laughs> so you're you're yeah, not even really, getting the like the to, to the 2x size like no, it's just no. not well, it just doesn't make sense at the at the hockey level i mean there's nobody that's, yeah. that's that large no. no and i mean like you said 6364 maybe if they want to wear a 2x like they might ask you for it but otherwise like they're an xl when it really comes down to it because of the way those things are shaped and the you know the, yeah. the sizing of all of that so i probably want more mediums now than anything like honestly i found the way the sizing is like medium is becoming you know some of the comp you know some of the shirts and you know with these vendors like one year a t-shirt or a sweatshirt fits big next year it fits small so it's it's hit or miss yeah i mean no no offense to the adidas nike and non armor guys out there but maybe let's figure out a standard sizing guideline so that <laughs> large doesn't actually fit like a medium one year in a in an xl the next year like let's yeah. Can we figure out standardized sizing for the love of God, please? You think it'd be easy, but whatever. Yeah, no, I, I'm with, we're, I mean, Scott's with you. I'm with you. I'm not even in that industry anymore. And it still frustrates me where I could try something on that's a large because I've been a large probably since I was a freshman in high school. And there are some times where I put on a large shirt and I'm like, did I gain 30 pounds between the last time I tried on a shirt or not? Because I could be an XL or, the last time it was, I could actually wear a medium because yeah, no, it's just, it fluctuates so much. It's kind of, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Since Scott's going to be hesitant, I'm just going to go ahead and ask this. Okay. We asked this at kind of towards the end of every podcast, every episode. Um, it's, it, it's the name of our podcast, but if you have uh, a, a, an example of what would be other duties as a sign, which for for those of you who have never listened to us, which I'm hoping there are still people who haven't listened to us that are still finding the pod, um, that means just basically something you have to do that's not kind of in your standard day to day operation. So, you know, we've had we've had examples of of guys going out and painting painting a field one day, um, you know, sending out equipment managers to literally do what what our fields crew and our you know grounds grounds crew has to do uh we've had some some electrical engineering and just some other random stuff throughout but if you have any any examples of that we we would love to hear it because i i would imagine at the at the hockey level it's um it's kind of pretty crazy some of the some of the random tasks that come up for you on a on a day-to-day basis well the one thing i'll say is because i can sew and have you know an industrial sewing machine and a regular sewing machine. I do get requests frequently, you know, say, because our guys will wear suits to games. Oh, they'll rip, you know, rip a seam here. Or I remember a basketball, a basketball coach a few years ago, you know, tore his pants. He can you help me out? Like, so <laughs> an emergency, emergency sewing job. I will say I've never driven the Zamboni or anything crazy like that. Oh, you've had, you haven't had to get on the Zamboni? No, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> nice. no, you, you know, I think just part of being an equipment guy is doing whatever needs to get done to get the job done, right? So, you know. And nobody like, else will do it. The equipment manager will do it, right? Yeah, like when if, if our athletic trainer needs a hand doing something, I'll help him out. You know, hey, you need me to fill water bottles in between periods because – you got to work on some guys like, yeah, no problem. You know, or strength guy, you need any help handing out Gatorade cups. Like, all right, no, you know what, you know, it's, I think what anyone would, would do 
it's just what you do. You just help to, to get, you know, we all work as a team or at least in hockey. That's how, how it works. 100%. But, no, and, and having the skills to sew. And that is something that I've said before on this pod, any equipment manager, in my opinion, should have the skills to, to either have a needle and thread in hand, or at least be able to work with a sewing machine. Cause that'll, that'll take you a long way in terms of just even repairing uniforms or, like you said, if you got to just fix a pair of pants or whatever it may be, just having that ability to quickly jump in, take care of something and not even really think twice about it. And I, I don't know, it's just a skill set, I think, that that equipment managers in general should have. Yeah, I since like our football guy since has bought like a sewing machine, there's one down at the at the stadium. And I love it. We've had a few equipment guy, football guys. So. The last guy, like I had to go teach him how to use it, and I'll probably have to go teach the, the new guy how to use it. But it's really not that hard, you know. No, it's just a matter if, of getting comfortable with it. I don't know if like dudes are like I don't sew. That's a girl thing, but I don't know. Whatever. I just find it's like a necessity, and it, it does help out. And then I have like a big like industrial sewing machine that like sews leather, and it's not as well. I know, mean, like, that's a little so, different. Like, piece, you know, like yeah. I'll, I'll you know the football guy used to bring down some shoulder pads and I could, you know, rip through some things, sew some, some stuff back on or need some rib pads added to, to the, you know, the backside of the shoulder pads. But, you know, it's, uh, with the new equipment these days in the lighter materials, you don't mm-hmm. find it as much because sometimes these just soak because it, it tears, but, uh, and breathe on it. And yeah. It tears. You just have it, you know, someone will say their belt broke and I'll go and fix the belt buckle with my <laughs> machine and stuff like that. So, you know, but I don't know. I think in the nature of just being an equipment guy, it's kind of like a, a thankless job. You're just there to, you know, you're there to help. You're there to kind of facilitate and make sure everything just runs smoothly. You know, we don't do this for the accolades. Like I, I hate the spotlight. Like that's just me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hate that stuff. So it's really great having you on here. If you hate the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. No one's going to no. see my face. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't want to see ours either. No, yeah. trust me. The the handful of times that I've, I've thrown a, or Scott and I have thrown a picture up of just like when we, when we record just our guests or something that one of our guests has <laughs> with them. Um, you know, it's, I do get every, every now and then a comment just like, Hey, uh, I didn't know you were that ugly, Patrick. You got a face for radio. hundred yeah. percent. That's, that's what exactly. I always get told. You got yeah. a face for, face for radio, bud. But Your voice no. sounds great for podcasts. Got a face for radio. So, yeah. 100%. this has been awesome, though. This has been a very eye opening. I'm going to go to a professional hockey game. I'm going to do it. I'll commit to it. I'll be, uh, Pat, maybe we could go to a, a Caps game. I'll be up in June. Maybe we'll just go, go over to DC. It's right right down the road from you. We can go well, to we, got, we have the playoffs coming up soon. So, it could be Caps Pens, and I'm in. I would I would love to go to a, <laughs> to a playoff game this year. I think. This year has been so weird for the NHL, um, so it's it, it'd be a lot of fun to to go see see a game because they're opening things back up finally. Thank God that you know they're letting fans in. So yeah, there's nothing better than playoff hockey. Seriously, nothing. I remember right, when I I'll watch when I, when I worked for the Hurricanes farm team and they went to the uh, Stanley Cup. Well, I think it was in 2000 or 02. Whenever they they got smoked by the Red Wings, but. I went down the Raleigh to watch games three and four. The crowd stood the whole game. The whole game didn't sit down. These people, they, it was wild. Like when Nashville was in the, the 
Stanley Cup a few years ago. Like the place is, it's insane. Like, there's nothing yeah. better than playoff hockey. I would say it's it's really cool to see the Hurricanes because for those that don't know, they used to be the Hartford Whalers, and so they moved down from Connecticut. And since they've moved down, anytime that team makes the playoffs, and I will say this, you need to watch out for them this year because they got a they have a damn good team this year. Oh, they're the best team in the league. They, yeah, they they are legit. They are unreal good this year. So they they have a very good chance to to run the table here in the playoffs. But uh, that the fans and the people they get at at their games, like you said, they don't sit down, and that is one of the loudest arenas. I've ever been in for any game at any level of uh, any sport. I mean, it's, they, they get after it. It's so they much got the tailgate. They got the tailgate going. It's right next to the uh, NC state stadium. They got yep. the tailgate going. It's, it's uh it's an event. Yeah. It's, it's an, an event. it's a full on experience. So Scott, yeah. you, you gotta come. I mean, I know you're coming up here, uh, you know, sometime in the, within the next month. Yep. So the, the playoffs will have started by then. So, uh, if we can, if we can figure out working out you coming up through here and, and us getting some tickets to a game, I would love to do that. But either way, next year, next year you're coming to a game at some point because it's so much fun, man. Like it's, it's a different, like I said, it's a different experience going to a game, and it's just, it's a sport that more people need to to really get into because I think it's one of the most exciting sports to watch. It's not that hard to understand. Exactly. It's not. It's really. It's an. It's an easy sport. It's physical, and there's just nonstop action. So, I'll get into it. I just gotta get a refresher course. Gotta go back and watch all the Mighty Ducks <laughs> movies. The show, yeah. Slapshot. Uh, Slapshot filmed filmed in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. What's up? <laughs> that why the arena was so bad. Yeah, it was. That's actually where they filmed it. The Cambria County War Memorial. It was. It's a dumpster. It's a there. literal dumpster. But. I think that 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 the the teams moved out from from there. There's there's no longer a, a Johnstown Chiefs team. Um, they used to be the Johnstown Jets before the before that movie, and then they changed their name to the Chiefs because that was the name they used during the movie. But we're not going to get into that. Josh, thanks a lot for joining us, man. This was a lot of fun. It was uh, a, a learning experience for both me and Scott, and hopefully for all of our listeners. And we appreciate you taking some time out of your day. To come sit with us and congrats, congrats on winning the national championship. That's that's a feat in itself. The Frozen Four is so cool. I love watching it every year. So we appreciate you. We yeah. appreciate you joining us. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. We'll see yeah. you guys next week. See you.